eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for today's episode, Brendan Sinone, joined by Christopher Nee. He seems, I don't know, tired? Early? No. No, I'm ready to roll. Okay, let's just cut through the bull crap then and get going here. So Chris and I have been at every spring practice so far. Florida State finished up its fourth spring practice on Friday evening, second day in pads, and will now be on spring break for a week and change. Uh, so a little bit of a time for us to stop, reflect, and, and basically recap what we've seen through four practices. The caveat here, it's only been four practices, two of them in pads. But I will say, Chris, just from the eye test, just see the team move around from a physical standpoint, organizationally, uh, competitiveness, much more enjoyable than last spring to watch. Yeah, they look a lot more like what a football team is supposed to look like. They're not all the way there, but they're in, trending in the right direction for sure. I know you hate doing wins and losses in the I spring. haven't moved off any of that. Four practices isn't enough to change my mind on that. Hell, I, I don't think I'll move off that even after the spring wraps. That's yeah. one of those things when the preseason starts and you see what they're going to try to look like on game day where you start maybe maneuvering. Or yeah, if I, you have a horrendous practice like they did at the end of last spring, you start thinking, oh, my God, how are you ever going to win? Then that's And that's what we haven't seen yet. Again, it's only four practices in, but we haven't seen – that awful day where they just can't catch the football or a quarterback just can't complete the pass. There's legit competition going back and forth. That doesn't mean that there's not low moments. Every time there's a good rep in practice, that means someone lost a rep. But I think what we're seeing more consistently is guys forcing the issue of winning reps. So Maureen Cooper stand, stands out in, in my opinion there, Chris. Like he's someone who, you know, even if he loses, he's forcing a wide receiver to make a really good play. And, and Maureen's really making a lot of good plays himself. Uh, creating turnovers by knocking the ball in the air, a lot of PBUs, just his length as being a real problem. But th- that's the kind of culturally what you want to see. You're yeah. not making a play because there's a busted coverage. You're making a play uh, because you're just outright beating someone who's in good position. That's Or taking progress. yesterday Micah Pittman laying all the way out and catching a ball. Micah Pittman's had great moments and bad moments in four days. He's had moments where coaching staff has had to get on to him as they get on to many players. And he's had other moments where they came over and gave him an attaboy. And yesterday he turned in a couple of those. He had a layout catch that was unbelievable that I don't think you got to see because you were watching the big uglies, but mm-hmm. it was probably the best catch I've seen in spring and heck one of the better catches I've seen in Mike Norvell era in a practice. 
And then he had a very good catch where he climbed the ladder in the back of the end zone, caught it, got his feet down. Mike Norvell signified it was in. Would have been seven if we were playing – or six if we were playing a real game. Uh, just really good plays. And that's obviously a guy that you brought in among others at a position where you're trying to elevate the game. And I feel like we've seen an elevation of the wide receiver room because of those guys. And we've seen some of the other guys who are returning types, both young and old, look a little bit different, definitely like they're being a little bit pressed. And I think that's good for all. Real quick, the reason why I said uh, the win-loss thing is because every time we post a a positive update on the message board, people think it's – some people think it's us say they're going to win eight, nine games. I think I'm still squarely in six and a half range. I feel a little bit better about the – the bottom of this roster uh, than I did going into the off season. There's some position groups that we're going to get into here, like running back that, that seemed better than, than I'd anticipated. I think you hit on some of these wide receiver transfers. Uh, so, so there's optimistic things in my estimation to say, okay, maybe it's trending in the right direction. Still has a long way to go. We're still looking at this at the, at, in the prism of a team that is in the six win range, maybe seven, but that's moving in the right direction. The key is what we see with the off season is whether you can add enough pieces to, to push you above seven or so wins. So let's take a step back, Chris, evaluate position by position. That's cool. What we've seen, our takeaways, and just kind of move through uh, these last, I guess, four practices, I'm going to say last week or so of, of coverage. So let's start off at quarterback. Uh, my man, Jordan Travis, I thought looked great on day one. Has been solid every day. I don't think there's been a bad day. I think maybe Wednesday was the first day. It wasn't great. That was the first day in pads. Uh, but then bounced back yesterday with just being super efficient. I think what, what I've seen, I want to get your thoughts here, is that he seems like someone who has a better command of the offense than he's ever had at any point in his career. Being yeah, very, I, go ahead. I, I think it's a bubble over of last year. The confidence is so much different for him than it was even 12 months ago. Uh, yesterday, for example, he had a pass. I tried to throw in a tight window in the tight zone, in the end zone. And uh, it was incomplete because the coverage, I believe it was Renardo Green, if I recall correctly, on coverage was really, really good right there. But it's a pass he does not try to make at times early last year. It's one of those we started seeing as the year progressed. But it was just a very strong arm, tight window throw on the mark. If the coverage was any lesser, it would be a completion and a touchdown. It was just a really, really nice strong arm throw. And I don't know why it stuck with me because he's made other throws. He's completed down the field, hit some big plays and stuff. But it was just one of those where it's like, you know, you've got to have points. Is he going to connect here? Well, it was not completed. It was an excellent throw by the quarterback, a good, quick decision, a tight window throw, excellent spiral, put on the mark. Uh, and I think it was, like I said, Renardo Green on the coverage. And it was excellent, excellent coverage. But it was just nice. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've kind of taken from Travis is that he looks like he's a guy who's completely comfortable at doing everything that he has in his bag of tricks. And I, I think that's a big improvement for him compared to last year where – he may have fallen back on the things that he knew he was really good at. So that's a positive. Speaking of things he's really good at, does he look faster to you when he takes off in the open field? He's always looked fast, uh, but it seems to me like he's got a little extra I, juice. I don't know that it's faster. I think it's just more decisiveness. And that, that be because it. you aren't think less, do more turns into faster kind of by process. Well, speaking of someone uh, who had familiarity with Jordan's development, and they said that he lost about like 20 pounds last season, had some illness stuff that, that caused him to lose weight. And they said, just, you know, you lose muscle mass. That means you get banged up more, harder time recovering. Uh, so what you're seeing of him right now is peak hundred percent healthy Jordan. Uh, and you're seeing what that could be as an athlete. Yeah. But the, the uh, confidence that you mentioned, Chris, the, I think 
having more awareness, like of scanning the field and going through his progressions a little bit more, seem more comfortable with that. That's all. There's still development happening. We'll see what the upside is, but he's still a quarterback. In my opinion, that's growing. Uh, next up, let's talk about Tate Rotomaker real quick. Someone that I don't think either of us came into the off season or into the, the camp uh, feeling very optimistic about, I will say the last maybe day and a half practice and a half, the second part of Wednesday and then uh, Friday for sure. I thought we've seen uh, him settle in a little bit, which has been cool to see some development there. Yeah, I, I'm hesitant to jump on the train with Tate. Um, you know, I made as much of a comment after Mike Norvell threw some praise his way yesterday. He's made some spectacular throws. Tate's arm strength has never been a question. His ability to hit the big, long, down the seam, down the sideline kind of balls, he can do that, and he does it well. I think the one thing that we've seen is less hesitation from Tate, and that's always been a massive issue. Now I want to see it happen when the bullets are flying a little bit more heavy mm-hmm. on him before I'm going to jump on and believe in it. But Tate, you know, as we've said, I believe we said quite a bit last year, and it definitely still holds true. As far as the ability to simply push it down the field and hit the big play, he's got the best capability of anybody anybody on this team rep to rep to do that, and that still holds true. Yeah, his back shoulder fade is deadly um when when he's confident and, and accurate with it it's really precise and something to watch I, I thought that yesterday small sample size but we saw examples of him handling pressure well that wasn't live he can't get hit uh but yeah the pocket would get mucked up a little bit and he'd have to move around he'd step up and deliver some nice throws and that happened multiple times so yeah baby We're, steps incremental growth that that's an area where he definitely looks better than he did a year ago yep no again we'll see what happens when you know, when he's in a live situation, that's still kind of the knock on him is when he's been in live situations, he's kind of shrunk in the moment. We will yeah. see. Uh, A.J. Duffy, reason to be optimistic there, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's a freshman. He doesn't look like a freshman in the sense of where it's going too fast and he can't process it. And, you know, one bad mistake turns into a non-mistake, which is usually an issue for guys at that position who are having to deal with so much on their plate. He looks comfortable. And I think that's a very good sign. I'm not trying to say he's out here about to take somebody's job, but he doesn't look it doesn't look too big for him. I guess is the best way of putting it through four practices. He belongs. He, he yeah. he's a a power five level quarterback. I think. Um, I don't think I know. He, he's a power five level quarterback. We'll we'll see how good he can be, but he belongs at this level. What would you one say? thing about, I about six two. Do you like two. about Duffy? Is uh, <laughs> tends to have a. Quickness with checkdowns in the sense of, oh, it's not there deep. Let me see what I have. You know, read my progressions, get through. He also, and I, I think guys are always trying to turn in the highlight in practice to make an impression. He's willing to kind of tuck and go and accept that a play is not there. And that's a pretty good quality in a quarterback of a guy who either understands sometimes you got to take the sack or sometimes you take the yard that's right in front of you. And he's shown that at times through four practices. He can move a little bit too. I saw him scramble for a first down, pick up 10 yards without looking too laborious. Like it's better than I thought it would be for him with that. Uh, the, the one critique I think I would have pretty early on is are the deep balls fairly inconsistent? There's some days where he puts it right on the money and he's throwing guys open. And, and then there's other reps where he's just putting way too much air under it. And, and so I think it's just being consistent, being confident in, in what he's seeing and, and delivering. So yeah, yeah, quarterback room looks solid. I, I don't know if I still feel great going into the season with just three. Chris, how many teams do you think go into like the season with three scholarship quarterbacks? It's not rare. Maybe half like of college football has three. 
I don't know, truthfully. It's one of those things I kind of want to try to dig on the stats here at a slow point, maybe later in this coming week, since we don't really have much there, and I'll be back from a mini vacay. Um, but, Ooh, yeah, you, I'm, 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 uh, I, we're going to do Fernandina Beach and Amelia Island for a couple of days. Nice. Um, I want to see what the number was last year going into the season of teams that had three versus four versus, if any, really had five scholarship quarterbacks on the roster anymore i'm just interested what that number was at because it's one of those things we talk a lot about but i don't know the hard number i've always been against the idea of three for fsu because i don't i i, I don't know if i feel this way now i definitely felt this way a little while ago where i did not feel like tate was a capable enough backup that you could trust that as being your third and then the other guy was a true freshman yeah a lot of this hinges on tate and, and how he continues how much he can continue to develop uh, let's go to running back, Chris. This is a position group that I was pretty down on entering spring. Uh, the emergence of Trey Benson being what we were told he was, and maybe then some. Uh, I think Trey Sean Ward picking up where he left off are two really good starts to this position group of thinking, okay, you have a, some foundational pieces here to build on. Yeah, Trey Sean Ward is running back one. Lawrence Toa Philly is a capable playmaker who needs to do it with more consistency, stay healthy, those do those things. Corey Wren yesterday I thought was maybe the best practice he's had in his FSU career. He was very good yesterday. For sure. Hitting big plays, but also taking very good pats, uh, you know, making the little runs look like they should look instead of just always looking for the home run. Mm-hmm. Rodney Hill is a gadget guy, and I don't know how much he contributes this year, but he's a guy that looks comfortable and that he fits and that he's here. Benson's a wild card for me, and I call him as much in the preseason of the spring that I really want to see what he looked like. One, he looks healthy. That's an excellent thing for the kid and no knee no knee brace which is big yeah he wears a sleeve at times which i'm sure is for circulation just to help as you know you get beat up in camp but yeah no big brace um he runs very much on his toes and very light-footed and that stands out to me and i like that and he's a guy that's very comfortable in the hole of making quick decisions and going good acceleration i want to see when he starts getting hit a little bit more how much he holds up to that things like that, but definitely a positive sign through the first week of spring with a guy that, you know, a lot of us, including myself, questioned to take because of the fact that he had what pretty much was viewed as a catastrophic injury. One caveat on that, they are trying to limit him a little bit in the sense of how to kind of handle Jay Sean Corey when he walked through the door after a really bad injury to not push him and set him back. Mm-hmm. He's looked he, – he, Another guy who I think belongs at the power five level. Like, I don't think you're taking guys who are going to be transferring down uh, too much in, in this recruiting class. It's, it's been solid of, of who they've added. And Trey Benson looks like he belongs. I mean, I, I'm going to say this because it's going to sound hyperbolic. There are NFL traits there with the size and the way he runs. We'll see how he handles contact and you know, how instinctive he is when, when it's live full speed, but there is that size speed combo that you need in an NFL back. Like, it's there. There's something to work with, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, with Sean Ward, Chris, you mentioned he's RB1. You had noted this back uh, when we had uh, about a week or a half, two weeks ago, tour of duty access, how vocal he was. It just someone kind of chirping consistently and, and loving up on teammates when they yeah, front of the hustling. line and motivating yeah. folks. He's doing that a ton in practice too, right? Like he's when someone scores, he's the first guy. He'll run across the field to go congratulate him. Uh, we knew he was chippy. We knew he was tough. Him and Jermaine Johnson would mix it up at times last year, which is yeah, a good sign in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. Jacksonville and uh, there was it was multiple times where those two went at it. 
Um, and they both turned out to be alpha dogs for this for this team last year. So Trayshawn Ward's doing what you would want him to do as like stepping up, replacing Jay Sean Corbin, being kind of the guy of that room. You mentioned Corey Wren. Um, going down the roster here. Yeah, Rodney Hill looks like he's he can do some things. I don't know about if it's going to be this year, but uh, he's really quick. Uh, the I was worried about how his athleticism would translate over just because it's so hard to project on the 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 tape that he had uh, against a pretty level small level of competition in high school. But he he's got some nice agility and, and quick cuts to his game. Uh, and then DJ Williams, I will say he is in better shape. He's in the best shape we've probably seen him. Uh, he had one nice run yesterday where he bounced off a couple people and so still has that power at about 205 pounds, but then was able to accelerate and, and score a touchdown off of it. So we'll see. Maybe not. Maybe it's not quite time to to wave the white flag for DJ Williams. Yeah, Williams runs a little heavy footed at times. I don't know if that's hesitation or if that's just the natural physical characteristics of him. That's one thing I've kind of noticed in practices. Once in a blue moon, he turns on a good run. The biggest thing with him is he still has to be a better finisher. For a guy with that kind of build, he just needs to be a guy that finishes runs effectively, and that's something he did not do in a game setting very much last year. And another running back, he's not a scholarship guy, but he's worth a mention, is C.J. Campbell. C.J. turns in some really good plays in practice. I think pass pro is probably the one thing holding him back a little bit from being out there a little bit more. But in the sense of just running the ball, catching the ball, turning up field, going, he's got some really nice traits there. I don't want to call him Trayshawn Ward. But for a walk-on, he has plenty of value. He's a kid that could definitely play at a D1 level on scholarship without a shadow of a doubt. Mike Norvell said he's kind of on a Trayshawn Ward-esque track, or could be. He's got the potential to kind of follow that that track. Um, that's a Sinone. I, I've got a couple. I'm not, I'm not Sinoning him. I'm buying him. So that's a Sinone special of, uh, of you know, you know. I pick my guys who I, I fall in love with. Jay Trav, YY, Darian Williamson, CJ Campbell's in, in that mix, too, of, of guys who, who I like. Speaking of Darian Williamson, uh, the wide receiver room is worth mm. keeping an eye on. And, Intriguing. Um, just to be abundantly clear, Winston Wright's a guy we haven't seen a ton of. Um, he is out there. He's participating in some forms and fashion, but he just not a ton of reps. It, it's fine. We, um, we reported in the preseason before access that he was going to be limited at times. Yeah, it's fine. That's we have held sources. true to these yeah. four. Um, Micah Pittman's a guy we've seen a lot. I brought him up in the kind of opening of this. That he's a guy that's had moments where he, you know, Norvell's gotten on to him and others have gotten on to him. But he's had other moments where he's turned into plays that they definitely brought him in here to make. And that diving catch yesterday, just from an effort standpoint, was worth noting. And the fact that he actually made the catch, you know, added to it. And then he climbs the ladder in the back of the end zone and has that catch. He's turned in some really good ones. He's a guy who I wholeheartedly think is going to help him in the return mm-hmm. game. It just looks very natural for him, very smooth. Yeah. My man, can, uh, my man can field a punt, which is uh, a, a sight for sore eyes. Johnny Wilson has turned in some moments, and at other times he hasn't really been available to do so. But big body, capable, definitely something worth kind of keeping an eye on. The traits that you like are there. Deuce Span, for me, is a guy who's probably at least a year off. Maybe he turns it in here and there. There's a ton of athleticism. The catching the ball naturally thing, eh, there's some work to be done there. You can tell that he's a guy that hasn't played a ton of wide receiver throughout his life there's times where he bites the ball to a slight degree but he is a capable receiver i think he will get better at that as he gets more reps at that and as they work at that what i think those guys i just mentioned have done for that room is i think it's really helped push some young guys you know josh burrell's back healthy making phone boot catches doing real real, real well in tight spaces uh, malik mcclain's guy who looks like he's taking that second year step that you want to see out of a guy who turned in some good moments last year I think it's been real good for a guy like Tron. 
I think Tron's a guy that's looked much better in practices this year than we ever saw last year, more consistency from him. And I think with a guy like Pokey Wilson or a guy like Keyshawn Helton, it's taken a little bit away off their shoulders of having to be the dude. Pokey still aspires to be the dude, makes an effort to be the dude, tries to practice like that, which is a good thing. It will make him better as a whole. But the hope is that maybe one of those other guys alleviates the idea of him being a one, allows him to be a three, and you're probably a much better football team if it plays out in that manner. The the guy I'd have to mention in that room, though, is Ja'Kai Douglas. Ja'Kai Douglas just turns in huge plays, and we've seen him do it in games, so it's not like it's a practice All-American situation. But he's done that a good bit through four days where he's just gotten behind defenses, made the big catch, scored a touchdown yesterday. I believe Tate hit a huge one down the right sideline if you're going towards the baseball stadium. On him, he got behind and 50-yard with ease, and he makes it look easy. He's quick-footed. Uh, he's pretty sure-handed. Ja'Kai's just one of those guys I think they've kind of figured out who and what he is for them in this offense, which last year kind of was a ping-pong game at times with him, running back, wide receiver, gadget, what is he? I think they have a better feel for that this year, and it's kind of shown in four days of practice. I, I would venture to say, Chris, that Ja'Kai Douglas has been the most consistent offensive player through four days in terms of doing a high level production scoreboard yeah he's he's just he's done something every single day that kind of makes you turn your head and say okay and and he's been consistent i haven't seen him put the ball on the ground which he struggled with at times last year he looks a little bit more fluid uh he had deep speed uh but wasn't super last year like it didn't seem like there was a lot of wiggle to his game and, and now it feels like he's getting in and out of breaks and finding little creases as a route runner just I don't know if it's confidence. He's dealing with like a, I think what did Norvell say, like a little bit of a lower leg deal too. Yeah, he's, he's been 100%. in green some for that reason, as you've probably seen in some photos of him. Uh, he, yeah, he. I think it's one of those things where out of practice, he's probably taking care of it. In practice, he's making a go of it and doing fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I was say, he's playing really well without being 100%, which is also encouraging because you're not going to be 100% at times through the season. So be able to kind of push through discomfort and still produce. That's uh, that's a thumbs up. I, uh, I feel like the walking boots, like alternative logo of Florida State Athletics. Well, you spend a lot of time on campus on the bench, obviously. And there was a time where we'd be like, oh, no, this guy's in a walking boot. And now it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. And it's every sport. We give them away like candy for yeah. every sport. I wonder, we should do a FOIA request and see how many walking boots they have. No? How many athletes do they have? You think they got got two Two for for every athlete? Two for each. (laughs) Uh, Hey, so Darian Williamson, uh, still some consistency issues where he'll put the ball on the ground, like an easy, like he he misses a layup, and then he'll hit a, a 360 dunk. And I think that the drops have been a little bit less than we've seen at times last year. They're still there. But man, like at his size, his the bendiness that he has, and then the ball skills, like the ability to have that catch radius and, and dive and go get a ball, or win a 50 50 ball, or contort and get it. Like uh, that's another guy. Like if he puts it together, there are NFL traits there. It's just he's Norvell said him and Kentron. He's like, both well, those guys are still pretty raw. Keep in mind, they haven't played like, like Kentron's only played uh, high school football for a few years before coming to college football. Darren Williamson didn't play his senior year or didn't play much of senior year, had a pretty bad knee injury, then has to kind of transition from that. So there's upside in this room. I I'm I like the addition of the transfers, what they've done to kind of push this group. The, the wide receiver production through four days is night and day to where it was at times during camp last season. Other Balls are actually being caught. Consistently. Like guys are winning 
Zach, Zach Blasio was at practice the other day, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. But he, he, afterwards, he was like, man, he's like, practice is fun to watch this year. He's like, last spring, it was a slug sometimes. Like There were days where they were just dropping everything and you couldn't get stuff done because the wide receivers were just so inept. Uh, knock on wood, that hasn't been there through four days. Um, yeah, and I, I like the amount of uh, like tough, tight space catches I've seen. Like Burrell had a really nice one down the sideline yesterday where the defender was right on his hip. Good throw. I forget who made it over the shoulder into the basket. He makes a catch. Excellent catch. Uh, you know, guys are kind of playing to their traits. Uh, tight space. That's sort of, you know, his thing. Douglas getting open, stretching out people. You know, he's done that really well. Pokey's more based on routes. He's done a pretty good job with getting clean on routes. Darren Williamson's good at using his arm length to create space, even in tight spaces. Uh, he doesn't have the T-Rex arm issue. Micah Pittman's flashy athleticism, uh, you know, the catches I mentioned yesterday, both mm-hmm. of those show that he's got a heck of a lot of athletic traits. And Winston Wright's a guy I can't wait to see get inserted into that mix because we know he can produce at this level. He's done at this level. And I think he's come here with kind of a ferocious demeanor to do it again Ooh. at this level. I, I think we went into this year, like with the, and then we'll move off the wide receivers and move on to tight ends. But I think we went into this spring saying like, if, so you knew what Winston Wright is probably going to be. Feel pretty confident with that. If they hit on just one more of those guys for this year, then that like significantly elevates your wide receiver room if you have two guys who are capable of starting. I think yeah. Winston Wright, we assume that will be the case with him. Pittman shows flashes. Uh, I really like what I've seen of Johnny Wilson. I, I wasn't super high on what he could do as a wide receiver. thought he'd be just like a red zone guy. Oh, man, he, he, he did some nice stuff like on some slant patterns, uh, winning back shoulder fades. There's some nice athleticism to his game. At his size, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about what that group can become. I, I'm high on them. Uh, tight end, <sighs> I'm not as cautiously cautiously <laughs> optimistic about this. Position. I think it starts up front, man. Like I don't like Cam McDonald isn't hasn't wowed me through so far this spring. I I think he's opened the door for like I thought Wyatt Rector's played better than him for most of the spring. I thought that Jackson West has flashed at times. Brian Courtney's done some things. Uh, just I, I haven't seen Cam McDonald take that next step to where I, I feel like he's left the door open for guys to kind of uh, chip away and, and work into the rotation. And, and really like what you're hoping this year, Chris, was that Cam McDonald would would be tight end one and, and continue to be that receiving threat. I just haven't seen a ton of that so far this spring. Yeah, that's a room that what seven scholarship players are out there right now for us that we're watching. Uh, I think it is. I, Preston Daniel, I, I don't know if he's on scholarship. I think that kind of right, so yo-yos. six and a half. We'll go with six and a half. We'll split the difference there. It just it doesn't bring the value to the roster that that amount of numbers should. I guess is the best way I can put it. And through four days, haven't seen it enough. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I just it doesn't set my world on fire. So like like Marcusine Douglas hasn't popped the way I was hoping he would. He he flashed at times last year. I was told I have to stop saying things other than flashed, Chris, because I use it too much in my practice reports. What that means is there's a lot going on at once. And so we see three or four good plays in a day, and that's what flash means. Um I need, but he hasn't with with Douglas, I need to see when they get into the nitty-gritty of running the ball how is he going to do it being sort of the Jordan Wilson role? Because I think that's what the hope is with him is to fill that void that's now been left. But I just had Brian Courtney's turned in as many good plays as anybody in that room. 
And mm-hmm. I, that's not me trying to knock Brian Courtney by what I'm about to say, but that's concerning to me because, well, he's a new guy through the door, and I don't think he's a guy that you're kind of hoping is a year one or relying upon to be a year one guy. That room just does, hasn't done enough for me. No, there, there's not a – like you're not seeing impact plays being made a ton. And Brian Courtney does some of that downfield uh, for sure. Like he, he looks like – I think you hit on him. Like, I'm not sure that he's a guy who troops this year. I think he's probably a little on the thin side to be someone who you can utilize yeah, confidently. Really good though. It, it's there. I think that's a D one athlete. Like, and he can, he goes up and he plays the ball naturally for someone who hasn't played tight end before. Like he, he's made some really nice catches. I, I think that's a dude. I just, I'm skeptical whether that's going to be a year one guy, but he's got an off season to develop and put on weight. Jackson West is, is your boy, boy Chris. I think he's done some really nice things. I've seen him pancake some people. In Needs practice, to be more consistent with it all. Though. Yeah, he put he put one on the ground yesterday, and I think that's still kind of the thing. It's like, okay, if you're going to be the guy, we're going to give you know 200 reps to when we give you a layup and it's a wide open pass. You can't you can't put it on the ground, man. Yeah, uh, I, honestly, White Rector, I, I know you're going to laugh at me because he's he's one of Sonone's boys, but he has been the best tight end so far this spring. I've seen him. I saw put someone on his ass two days in a row. He's caught ball in tight contested windows. I just I there's some catch radius stuff that i don't know if he's going to be a mismatch guy but i think he at least gives you a baseline of like he could be solid number two tight end um, you should do the all sinone squad after the spring and yes you can figure out the acronym for that and just put it together <laughs> 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 all right offensive line um, all right but oh, real quick jordan young's had yeah. some nice moments too at water we didn't mention yeah. him but he's yeah, we did not, not again uh, that was uh i'm not waving the white flag a lot of guys i thought Jay were going to move a on practice from. all american though he is he is i yeah i just need to see it in games buddy i know me too i just they're guys that we kind of entered the spring being ready to move on from and when they flash i want to give them credit all right so offensive line uh, where do we want to start here collectively start. like yeah where, where do you think about this group Caden love it's yeah a godsend needed. It's what it's supposed to look like at that spot. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to say he's done anything spectacular or anything poorly in practice. He's been just fine in practice, in my opinion. But just from a physical standpoint, that's what it needs to look like at a center for FSU. The There's, body type of him versus Marie Smith, it's abundantly down. clear why they went and got Caden Lockles. There was one rep yesterday in one-on-ones where Malcolm Ray, who we'll get to, he's having a nice spree, had a really Very good, good offseason. Um, he tried to bull rush Caden Lyles and that didn't work out very well for him. Caden, Caden was able to kind of get under him, uh, shock him and then, and then like shuck him to the ground. Now the next play, uh, Malcolm Ray learned, and this is why you like Malcolm Ray because he's smart and adaptive and figures out he's got some physical limitations. So he has to be smarter than guys and quicker. He uses a nice little swim move to get past Caden Lyles to get in the backfield. That's the kind of back and forth you want to see. But Ken and Lyles, you know, chucking around and, and throwing around a – I'm saying chucking. I need to enunciate that. A, a defensive lineman, like that's that's good. That's what you want to see. Uh, I, I feel pretty good about that interior of the offensive line. Darius Washington, Mike Norvell said they were going to move him around this spring. Uh, he's playing a lot of guard right now. Him and Dylan Gibbons at guard with Caden Lyles or Maurice Smith. Like I, I feel good about that as being you're kind of solid in the middle of the offensive line. Yeah, and Thomas Schrader, who's still working himself back into it, is another guy who probably fits into that equation as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Robert Scott, I think you know what you're getting off as a tackle. I, I think he's – you've watched more big man – Jermaine Johnson helped Robert Scott a lot. 
That's yeah, the best way I can probably put that. Put is that I think Robert Scott grew a great deal last year, good and bad stuff that he went through, and it's kind of paying off for him. And Robert's a smart, genuine, uh, mature kid. So he's one of those guys that a natural progression is sort of expected of from a mental standpoint playing the game, and that shows to me. I think physically he's also progressed well. And so then Bless, have- Bless Harris has been inserted. We viewed him entering the spring, I think it's fair to say, as kind of a swing lineman type. Mm-hmm. I think right now there's a real belief that he may be your other tackle, or at least that's sort of the working belief through four games, or I'm sorry, four practices. Um, would you say that's a fair comment? And Lloyd uh, Willis has also seen Yeah, work I was going to say we have to mention Lloyd Willis in this conversation. I don't know that he's quite ready to be a guy that can go play really talented defensive ends every Saturday. He has shown positive progression, which is a good thing. I think there still is more progression that's needed before I'm ready to say, I think he's a guy that you can throw into the fire. If I had to guess who they would start right now, like if the season was tomorrow, I would guess bless Harris, but the season is not tomorrow. Um, Bless Harris does look like he belongs, which is good. I'm saying that a lot this podcast, but that's true. Like there were guys we had question marks about coming in. It came from Lamar. It's only fair to wonder that. I mean, it's a massive step up. We thought Marcus Cushney last year, for example, was a guy that, May do it, may not. And then, you know, after a couple games of the season, you realize that he's just not cut out for this level. And that's and not could, a knock on Cushney. He, he's really good at the other level, which is where he probably should go play or something similar to. And Cushney, we but saw even like in a few practices, like the size was like, okay, we knew that wasn't going to be great. But like he didn't have that first step that you saw yeah. at the FCS level. And like that didn't translate. Um, with, with, with Bless Harris, like he moves fairly well for a big dude. Uh, you know, funny, we saw him at tour duty. I didn't think he looked huge and with pads on I'm like, oh, okay. Like he carries that weight really well. He's willing to be physical and has some chippiness to him. And I, I think that's just, that's been needed on this offensive line, Chris. Like I, if he's your swing tackle going into the season, I feel pretty damn good. Like if he's the Brady Scott role, you know, the, the six guy off the bench, uh, I, man, that's, that's a huge upgrade from where you were a year ago. Yeah. I think the best way of talking about O-line through these four practices, since they only really had two in pads is that there's only been so much physicality to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the thing I'm looking for is who is embarrassing themselves versus who's having really good wins. And, for example, Robert Scott had some – the first game had had some excellent moments where he did a good job countering initial moves, making guys work really hard, taking the guy all the way from one side to the other side across the face of the quarterback, but keeping the quarterback clean, stuff like that. That's a real big positive. That's why I feel pretty good about Robert Scott's a progression guy. Lloyd Willis has had good wins and some bad losses, a nice mix, but I feel like Lloyd's progressed. Bless Harris is a guy that I can't recall a heck of a lot of wins, but I also don't really remember any really bad losses. So that's a positive. That's a net zero, I guess, is the best way of viewing it. Then there's, you know, like, I I hate to single guy out, but Zane Herring's a guy who's had some really bad losses. Mm -hmm. That happened yesterday on a few occasions. That's a negative. And, you know, that's kind of how I view those guys through the prism of these four practices. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, okay, who do we trust right now? If they had to get a game and it just not be catastrophic, right? And then not completely implode. Like I think Robert Scott, Darius Washington, uh, Caden Lyles, Dylan Gibbons, uh, Maurice Smith, if you're not having to play him 600 snaps in a year and then doesn't wear down, like I think he can come in and, and play multiple games for you. You'd be fine. Bless Harris is six. I think Lloyd Willis as like a swing tackle. I think maybe he's ready to take that step. We'll see. He's, he's, you've seen the athleticism. I think he's been more. Like he's someone who's been pushed to be more mature this offseason. There was one point where he kind of went, took Daughtry Richardson to the sign and kept coaching him up. 
uh, and continue to coach him up even through reps. Like, I think that's like a baby step stuff you want to see. But I think those are the seven. Thomas Trader still, I think, working his way back from the injury. Bryson Estes has done some decent things. I don't think he's quite there. Zane Heron, you mentioned. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who's here right now. Yeah, Daughtry's think... here. He's got to put more bulk on that frame. Yeah. But he's got here. He, he looks like he could. Um, he looks the part. He's just he's really raw. Yeah, Kanaya's here, and Kanaya. I think Kanaya is going to be a good one long term. But he's it's offensive lineman, true freshman, adds a lot to ask for a guy. And FSU is trying to progress past the point where they have to rely upon a true freshman offensive lineman because there's no better option. It's much better for those guys to be given the time to develop. I think that's going to be a positive for a guy like Kanaya Charlton. Uh, Rod Orr is a guy who is still here. Or hasn't really done anything to show me that I think he's ready to take the next step. I was going to say, it's a good way to put it. He's still here. Uh, He gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. And I don't know if he stands out glaringly or positively. just seems like he's kind of there. So that's that's the offense. Um, Let's move on to defense, Chris. Defensive end. I think big takeaway for me is, you know, they're working Jared verse slowly into like kind of get integrated up to this level. But uh, he looks to he he looks like he belongs. I'm going to say it again. Drink. (laughs) <laughs> yeah versus has been good he uh he has athleticism that flashes on a very big body and that's a positive uh dennis briggs has looked fine you know he's coming off that injury i think he's not quite i think i said to zach after the second or third practice i feel like dennis briggs is a guy who's working to make sure he's in good condition in good shape and getting reps and understands everything being asked of him at the position but he's also not yet ready to go completely full tilt every play of every practice because of where he's at with coming off the ankle mm-hmm. um leonard warner capable edge setting strong big body yeah he's a depth guy but he's a quality depth guy Derek mcclendon has looked better um the body's definitely better the play has been good uh Quayshon fuller had one yesterday where he looked like he got shot out of a gun going after the quarterback it was unbelievable watching oh the, the, notre, the notre dame game re uh re-emerged yeah. i think he jumped off sides but it, oh. if he didn't <laughs> he timed that thing perfect i mean it was pretty awesome to watch um <laughs> I th- and zach knows the rep i'm talking about i think he was standing beside me watching it and then you got young guys patrick payton i feel like i see something out of him every once in a while that's there's pretty good there there's something Dante there. Anderson turns in a highlight on almost a daily basis, usually just getting under somebody and kind of shoving them. He's got very long arms, pretty good strength for a freshman, very good quick speed off the snap. Mm-hmm. It shows at times. Yeah, there um, was there was a moment when they were doing inside run stuff, run fits the other day. And I guess the rector's done really well as a run blocker in camp. He's, he's put some uh, high end defenders on their butt a couple times. But uh, Dante Anderson got under his pad level and was able to push him backwards and set the edge. Now, the very next play, Dante Anderson's supposed to have the inside gap, didn't get there, stayed outside. JP lit him up, freshman. But, yeah, that that for someone who came on, uh, we can't 100% confirm, but not on scholarship. That looks like you have some value there and someone who may work to get get that uh, down the road. He looks like he – Chris, he looks like he belongs. He does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Byron Turner. Coming off the injury, he has some good moments. Not a guy that looks like he doesn't fit in the sense of they're trying to build him up. George Wilson, a little bit thicker, but, man, he's still got to put on weight. Still thin, yeah. Aaron Hester, you know, doesn't have an issue with weight. That dude likes to work out. It's abundantly clear. He looks like a freshman at times, but he also doesn't look completely lost like a puppy dog either. So that group is still one that I don't particularly view as having great depth. Uh, I do feel like it has a very good top three as far as dependability. 
with Briggs and Verse leading the charge and then McClendon. I think Warner's a very capable four. Hopefully Fuller's right there with him. And then the key is for one of those other fours, which is Peyton, Wilson, Turner, Esther. Mm-hmm. One of those guys to kind of emerge. Or even Anderson. We'll throw him in there. So five. I think the biggest thing they need there is a guy who's just cat quick, edge rushing. When you need to do to chase somebody down, be that guy, they need that in the repertoire. Because Warner's not that. Warner's more the big girth handling the edge. They need the guy who's kind of the complement of that on the other side. I think Peyton's a hope. Um, maybe that's just in my mind, but I think Peyton's a guy who's physically developed well and has some good athleticism and might be ready to kind of do something. I, I don't know if I feel great about that being Peyton this year. Like if he was going to be your sub package guy, maybe, maybe he is. He does look like he's improving. I do like him. He's going to help out this program sooner or later. I'll put it this way, Chris. So if there was like, say, three scholarships remaining that you can use later in the offseason, if there was a decent defensive end, doesn't have to be a world setter, someone you knew could come in and give you five sacks, I would I would spend that on on that type of pass rusher. That's Yeah, I think somebody who's really quick. Is, yeah. Got the great first step, low shoulder, can get around the edge, finishes well, very good pursuit guy. Yeah, I think there's value in that. I think that's, you know – they've got some guys who have some of those traits, but I don't know if they have a guy who they feel like they can throw in there and definitely can do that for them. Right do, you, do you have any eligibility remaining cat like no, reflexes? No. Okay. And I have none of those things. I'm, I'm bending like a surfboard these days. You'd be an edge setter. <laughs> All right. Defense line, real quick. Let's go through this position. group Cause I think we know what we're getting with Robert Cooper. Fabian love looks like, a, looks like a million bucks. He just dominates at times. Malcolm Ray has had a really, Nice offseason. Seems like he's progressing. Jarrett Jackson, uh, hit or miss, but but I think he's been solid. Uh, let's stop. Let's stop at Josh Farmer real quick. So we talked about his weight gain. He's up to three hundred pounds, or maybe just a hair below it now. We talked about whether that weight was being carried well in the tour of duty. Uh, Chris, I I like what I've seen from him so yeah, far. Farmer's been the good. Yeah, yeah, and he he doesn't look uh, slow or heavy. Um, I do think he'll still drop some of that weight. I think he's probably more two ninety guy than a three hundred guy. But, yeah, he's looked good. I very much have enjoyed watching Daniel Lyons as a true freshman defensive tackle because Odell is going to ride you. He's going to ride you if you're a seven-year guy like Robert Cooper. He's definitely going to ride you if you're a seven-day guy like Daniel Lyons. Um, But he does – Lyons does something good. He's kind of like Dante Anderson. There's a highlight like every day. There's one thing he does where you go, man, that's pretty good for a freshman. Um. I also I love Daniel Lyons build. I think he's a kid that as they fill him out, hopefully he takes to the program here as far as strength and conditioning. I think he's got an excellent frame to be a really good looking defensive tackle who's got some nice length and height to him. He's um, probably too thin to contribute year one, I would imagine. Like he's probably two seventy five right now, but but the frame is yeah. there and he moves well. So you're looking at him as like someone who you know, could take a rapid ascension in a year or so physically. Uh that would be if I'm highlighting one guy in that position, it's Malcolm Ray. Malcolm Ray just looks like a guy that's taken the next step. Um, and Ray had some really good moments last year, some really good games, some two or three really good performances that, you know, we singled out, Adam Fuller singled out. But Ray just has been really, really consistent through four days. He does something good every single day, and he does everything very consistently. And that that's kind of the sign of a guy taking the next step. Plus, just watching Malcolm conduct himself uh, – chit-chatting with him a little bit in and out of practices. He's mentally matured to that point, too. I want to shed some light on, you know, we're putting him on the all Sinone squad, Bishop Thomas. He's a fun athlete for a big boy. Um, 
now he didn't play football last year, and there's times where that kind of shows. But yeah, there he he's got some interesting traits that's going to be fun to watch develop without a shadow of a doubt. A little bit of a bowling ball, a little bit short, but he, he gets going. Short but quick. I think right now the functional strength, like when he doesn't win off that first step, I think he he gets washed out pretty easily. So it's pretty like a stark contrast, pretty black and white for him. Uh, whether he's going to make an impact on a play or not, but when he does get that first step and it's a special one we saw multiple times the last couple of days but then yesterday uh he, he just kind of blew through a crease of of the two offensive linemen i think it was between bless harris and, and bryce and Nestis. so it's, it wasn't like picking on the bottom rung by any mean and uh he shoots into the backfield and just blows up lawrence to philly like as like as he's getting the ball like it happens so quick i was like oh that's that's different i, I think he belongs chris all right, moving on to linebacker. Uh, this is an interesting position group because there's everyone who's anyone last year is yeah, played last year is back, but then you add Tatum Bethune to the mix. Uh, I don't know what the acronym for your team is, Chris, but I'll let you. T- I mean, I would love to take the UCF linebacker. I think that's only fair, and I did like the take. I feel like I had to defend him a little bit on this podcast to, to Berg and um, and some others at other times, but you know, I, that's that's a dude. Yeah, and he's a starter. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's a starter. I Love thought about entering the spring and through four practices, yeah, he's a starter. Yeah. Um, he locates, he gets there, he finishes, he knows what the heck he's doing. He's well put together. He's a good athlete, and he just he he conducts himself like a guy that's played a lot of college football at a pretty high clip. Um, I think that's massive for that group. I think the fact that you're kind of able to move everybody down a notch makes that group much better than where it was last year, where some guys were maybe too elevated than they needed to be. You know, Lundy, a little bit lighter, noticeable, less weight on the frame. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deloach, I thought, has looked good. He's rocking a knee brace. I don't know if he's dealing with anything nagging there. It hasn't. Knee stuff that he's he's working through, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's all right with that. Yeah, there's moments where you can tell that, like, mobility-wise, he's not what he's capable of being of what we've seen from Kalen. But I thought Kalen's been fine in practice. He's flashed um, in coverage. Like I think it's more like the quick twitch left to right stuff. But like when he's able to kind of get the traction going, he really nice rep on against Cam McDown downfield the other day, where he was able to kind of cut him off, squeeze him away from the ball, like 20, 30 yards downfield. That's really good to see your linebacker being able to stay in space like that. Another nice play where he uh, shot to the sideline, got to the flats, and took out a running back, thudded, got him taken down. So it's it's there. And then Omar Graham's the only other guy I'm going to talk about. I, I oh, like yeah. that room. I don't think they're going to go super deep in that room. I think Bethune's going to play a lot of snaps. I think Deloach will be right there with him. But Omar Graham yesterday maybe had the greatest day in the history of football practice. I mean, the man, he, he owned mission takeaway. He made it not once, not twice, but three times. We all had That's to throw right. our hats on the field when he got the hat trick. Um, Graham's just been fun to watch. I mean, he's always around the ball. And there's something to that for a guy. And, he had a strip yesterday that I thought was just a heady for a freshman to just know to do that. Um, the pick was a bit of a, you know, luck pick to some degree. I believe it was a ball to Rodney Hill, if I remember correctly. That was kind of bobbled. Graham, right place, right time, kind of ended up in his hands, but had the hand-eye coordination to come away with it. But Omar is a guy that, you know, he, he's he looks like a guy that's going to figure into that depth chart at a position where they did not have a whole lot of depth last year. Would you say he belongs? I don't want to be using them. Mm. I aspire to be many things. You is not one of them. Feels rude. Okay, so yeah, I, I do like Omar Graham. I think that would put him with the Zach, the Zach Squad, whatever that yes, acronym yes. is. That's Zach's boy. Zach is he's putting him in the nook soon. The Zach Nook. 
Um, no, don't say that's a weird uh, phrasing. <laughs> moving on. No, moving on. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, don't, don't want to be like me. Okay. Uh, safety. <laughs> uh, Jamie Robinson. Uh, he's added some some bulk this offseason. Uh, that dude is pretty physical in practice. It, that's a good thing for Florida State that he's back. I, he may be the most talented player on the roster just from a you know from a skill set perspective. He looks really good, instinctive, comfortable in space. Uh, chippy. Yeah, he's. He's solid. Let's talk about the rest of the group. Who's who's standing out to you at safety? Does he look like the most important player on this team? I didn't say important. I, it was oh, I'm sorry. talented. No, Jay, Jay Travis is the most important player of this team because they win games when he's not on, when he's on the field and they lose everything when he's not on it. It's not even close. So what is he? The most talented player on the team, potentially. There you go. Oh, now he's setting me up. up. He's he got good. defensive. Yeah, he did. You you always do. Um, I can't McClellan's imagine. McClellan's also looked good, I thought, in practice. Um Mm-hmm. Just kind of handle himself well. Keem Dent's been fine, consistent. Renardo Green, who correct me I, if I'm wrong, I have him at safety corner. He's been quite a bit of corner, corner actually. You know, he's what? been I'm really moving, good. I, I'm moving it now. He's over. I'm kind of spreadsheet. He's over, go. and then yeah, Travis J. Travis J. Back to safety. Yeah. Travis J. Making his annual uh, multiple season moves. All right, Travis J. At safety. What's going on there? Because I think that's a. Um, there's some guys that we didn't talk about. Brennan Gant at linebacker. He's done a couple things, but there's some guys who I think are being kind of pushed a little bit and trying to use different ways to motivate. I think Travis Jay is someone who is, and he's responded well to it. He's practiced with a ton of energy and intensity all four days and been really supportive of teammates. Like he's someone who's responding so far to them saying, you know, Travis, you're moving this position. We're going to try out back here. Uh, You may not be getting the reps that you want. And he's responding, I think, positively. You need to move Sam McCall to corner too, as we look at the spreadsheet. Oh my god! I'm just saying, it's important. Anything else? Uh, Shaheen Brown doing what he does in practice, where he comes away with the ball at times. He also still has times where he misses. Um, you know, gets caught kind of gambling. But if he can get away with doing less of the gambling and more of the takeaway, he'll have a role for sure. He's a guy that you know. There's there's a lot of people around the program who think pretty highly of what Shaheen can be. Sidney Williams seemingly, I think he's still dealing with some of the stuff that really hindered him last year. Some of that being, I think, like an ankle or foot situation. There's times where there's times where you see that flare up in practice. He lands awkwardly and he definitely doesn't look comfortable, stuff like that. So I don't think he's going 100 percent right now. Um, yeah, but he's willing to be stuff. physical. I think Norvell yeah. likes Sidney Williams. Oh, I think too. we know what Sidney Williams is. It's just yeah. a matter of we need a healthy version of him where he's fully capable of doing mm-hmm. it. And I think Sidney wants to be that. I think he's. I presume he's somewhat frustrated by the fact that he has not been able to do everything at 100% for quite some time now. And then you got a boatload of corners. My God, we have so many corners. Now that we got this spreadsheet figured out, 10. You did. Uh, Good job. I'm proud of you. I'll start with Renardo Green because I've enjoyed watching him every damn day. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our boy that you once tabbed Wolverine, or maybe he tabbed himself. He tabbed himself back. Wolverine. I said I just look a little like Wolverine with the, you know, the scrum. He lives up to that. He's just an aggressive dude. There was one yesterday where it was like a quick comeback, and he just gets on top of the guy. There's a lot where he's trying to get that arm in between the receiver's arms and clean up the ball. I I, I like Renardo Green. I I missed him last year. I've enjoyed watching him. I think they're trying to figure out who their corners are going to be. I think that's a very wide open spot. Jerry and Jones hasn't been very good through four days. Just be honest. Uh, you know, the guy who's a very popular message board topic, whose name I won't bring up because I don't want to end up in his mentions. Hasn't been around for us to observe. Obviously uh, Renardo Green's been good. Kevin Knowles looks like a different human than he did last year. 
Marion Cooper, I think, has been arguably one of the best players in four practices at I, any I, position. I think, as so I said, Ja'Kai Douglas was the most consistent performer on offense. I would put Coop's that on, on, a, defense. on a Cooper yeah, on defense. Yeah. Um, the Duke, the king, the one, the only Cooper. Azirie wow. uh, Thomas, Sam McCall, both looked apart. Both looked like they fit. Sam McCall, he let us know yesterday that he loves this ish um, as he had a really nice play downfield. Azirie Thomas makes a play almost every single day. He was very, very good the first two days outside when things are a little bit more open and easier to yeah. observe because you have that bird's nest approach to it all. That dude is uh, playing in the NFL. Like that just uh, – Azirie, I, I – Yeah, yeah I, burn um, any injury, I'm uh, – a hundred percent. I'm definitely buying on Thomas. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. I, I liked him as a high school kid. I, I know people that know him very well. I knew him decently well. I think the fact that he had two brothers go through the college game at a pretty high level where they were at, mm-hmm. especially Wanye, I think that's helped him. I think he's a guy that's kind of walked through the door knowing all the expectations, everything you have to do and what's expected. And he just, he's a mature kid for what, 18, 19 years old. The ball skills are pretty extraordinary. Uh, for you know, someone's playing cornerback, like he attacks the ball like he's a wide receiver, and he's got the the size and the speed. Um, it's just about you know being consistent and probably has a little bit of bulking up to do too. But he should play this year. Like I some, think me and you are going to fight over Greedy stuff. Vance at some point. I think you're oh. going to be the protector, and I'm going to be the guy that's probably too harsh. Well, I mean, I went into the. I mean, I I think I was the kind of the first person on the beat to kind of say there's some pretty bad because you watched a Duke film. Yeah, I did. I was sending you guys clips. I was sending it to Bud. I was like, oh, this is a toughie. Um, and, and the and listen, the PFF numbers, like if you go ahead, Chris said it, like you pull up PFF numbers, the way they they co- it's color-coded by grade, uh, high, you know, different colors for different different grade levels. Chris said it looks like a bag of Skittles. Like it's just up yeah. and down. Bag of lightsabers. Yeah. So that's still kind of what we're seeing. And through the first two days, it did not look very good. I was like, oh, that he he looked like he did not belong. The rare, I'm gonna say he looked like he did not belong. But man, the pads came on. And that dude flipped the switch. He is, if nothing else, a pain in the ass. And oh, he's competitive as all hell. Him and Hunter Washington straight up want to fight everybody half the time, I feel Pokey like. Wilson, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying those dudes, yeah, they're, they're going to go. get up in you. They're going to piss you off. Jackson West Crazy. is sort of that with the offense. They're going to do whatever they have to do to make you unhappy, uncomfortable, and to the point where you kind of want to throw on them. Greedy Vance and Pokey Wilson are developing a fun rivalry. <laughs> a, a competitive. It, 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 it wasn't just one day either. Like it carried over. Like that's yeah. going to be something to <laughs> they may, they may yeah, not be able Vance to match up. Interesting to me. Like there's moments where I'm like, oh my God, like why? Like why is that the scholarship you went and used on this guy? And then there's other moments where he comes up with a pick and makes the play or he. I, maybe that's what he's going to be. Maybe he's a, a plug-and-play guy who you use in certain situations who's a little bit feast or famine. Maybe that's who and what he is, and I have to learn to live with it. Chris, a, a wise man once said you're either the thermometer or the thermostat, and I think he's a bit of a thermostat in that he kind of gets everyone else's temperature going a little bit, if that makes sense. Like he, yeah, he, He's a tone setter in just the way he approaches the game, uh, and I think that's going to elevate the wide receivers when they go against him because they're going to battle, and I think that's going to force all the other DBs around him to kind of take note because he might be able to take your spot just by giving it a, a poop. I'm going to put you on the hot seat right now as we're wrapping up here. Who starts at corner? Amarin Cooper. Okay. You haven't mentioned Kevin Knowles yet, but that dude's... I mentioned Kevin Knowles. I said he looked oh. like a whole different person. The body. Drastic oh, change. maybe that's because you said he was a whole different person. I just got confused. Uh, he, he does look a little thicker, and uh, he's just super consistent. So that's two. Uh, I don't you still know. think he's nickel, though? I think, mm, I mean, they're 
They use them both, nickel they, and on the island. Yeah, I think that was the plan. Like last year, they just wanted to keep. Fuller spoke about that late last season. Yeah. Yep, and that's something even like Marcus Woodson talked about. So I don't know if he's going to be the nickel. I mean, Greedy Vance is going to have a chance to start. I think. And I think, think the, he's probably more nickel. I think they could depend on matchup. I think you can move both of those guys around. I, I think ultimately, Chris, I think Sam McC- or it's not Sam McCall. Sorry, Sam McCall has gotten better each day. Azaria Thomas is going to start by the end of this season. I don't know if he starts day one. I think he's going to start by the end of the year. He's um, your coop of 2020. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, frankly, he's more talented than Coop is. And Cooper's been good just as far as like like pure physical ability. Uh, Azaria Thomas is special. Renardo Green deserves a chance to start based on what we're seeing. Like he's going to be in that mix. Whew. Okay, so I'm not really answering the question very well, am I? Um, but you know what I noticed? Two guys who started a lot last year, you haven't mentioned uh, either of them. Yeah, I mean, Jerry and Jones just, yeah, he gave up a lot. He's given up a lot of completions through a couple of days. He's not 100%. Uh, and I think I think both him, I will say this, I can confidently say I think him and Jar, Jerry and Jones and Jarvis Brownlee are both dealing with some frustrations right now. And I just, there's got to be kind of a check. Like, is this for you? Is this where you want to be? Is it a good fit? And it just may not be. And got to figure it out whether it is or is it and if it is i think that's ideal if it works out right that's the first line but like if if it goes to the line two like okay you're not happy here gotta make it work i can report confidently that jarvis brownlee is unhappy with multiple things and he has been suspended we've got multiple sources have told us that at this point uh we don't know why but the nil stuff that kind of went crazy the other day like he's not happy he wasn't happy with nil there was some issues going to an event i guess that he was supposed to go to but i don't think that's why he's not around okay uh the bottom line is there's frustration there and i just i i don't know i I think that you have enough capable options to where if those guys aren't happy if they're not part of the solution then then you can maybe best for everyone to move on and that's partially is going to be on them to kind of figure out whether they they want to be part of this solution um you know what as I'm rambling here, I've noticed Demory Tate more in the last two days than I did all of last year's practices. Yeah, he's been more active. He actually got name dropped on was it Wednesday? Wednesday, he, was, he had a good day. He had like three or four PBUs. Like he's around the ball a lot. Yeah, no, that's fair. So I mean, you know, I, I'm not ready to to buy stock in him yet, but you know, he's on he's on the radar. Um, who do you think starts, Chris? And and are you? Are you kind of moving off of Jones you, and Brownlee? You can like, give hope I'm not speaking Coop out of school. Coop and Thomas here. on the outside at the end of the year, uh, uh-huh. start of the year. It might be Coop and Green on the outside. If I had to guess off of four days of practice, I still think Knowles is probably their nickel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Vance is a guy who's probably right behind Knowles. Utility when guy. You go, when you go heavy with a lot of DBs, he might be out there too if you're in like a seven DB package, and six or seven. Jones and Brownlee, I guess we're kind of. The same similar page, if not sure where what happens Brownlee with those guys. For me, is a wait and see. Um, mm-hmm. He's an emotional dude. Wears it on his sleeve. It's somewhat I, some of the things I love about him as a player, and obviously, it's some of the things I think hinder him as a player. But uh, you're fueled by who and what you are. Uh, with Brownlee, he's one of those. We'll see. Uh, he needs to get out there, and we'll see what he does. He can help you. Like there, oh, yeah. we saw no, last no. year. He played 800 snaps last year. Uh, really active. Some great and some bad. Yep. Well, the, the low was really low, but yeah, it does a lot of things to be aggressive and attack and, and certainly can help you again. Kind he's of not the first fush football player in history to get frustrated. I mean, it's, right. Right. It's just, happens. he's frustrated with multiple things and just, and then just kind of the social stuff. It just, I'm rooting for him. Cause I like take, the way he take plays. a breath and have a little patience when him. he's still a young man. 
Yeah, I did think the twenty thousand view page uh, thread on the message board was a little, little extreme. People are ready to write him off. I'm not totally ready, but is, there's has to be some maturation on his end, I think, for this to work. Is that yeah, fair? This football team is still going through a transformation where there's still probably a half dozen guys who will not be with him come fall who are with him currently. And that's why they're still going to probably go to Portland and get another two to four guys. And Name them all, Chris. Name they're... all six of them. No, right I, now. I, I no, don't I'm know who they are right now. But, I mean, I there are guys who it's sort of that time to either, you know, do your business or get off the pot. All right, so let's let's wrap this up. Ten wins this season, eleven. <laughs> it's been fun. I've really appreciated that we've been able to go out there for practice. Hopefully, the practice reports are serving you guys well at Knowles247.com. Do me a favor. If you've listened to the product for a while and you're interested in what we do at Knowles247, check it out. Uh, the, the recruiting coverage has been phenomenal. And we have a promo right now, too. Even though I know people hate our promos because – Oh, it's a two-month message board poster, but no, we appreciate everybody's business. <laughs> there was a span where we got like a thousand in, in a month, and there was a bit of a transition. But hey, things things they learn work out over time. It's like Give a bike; you got training wheels, and you take them off, and look at you just riding down the street, and then you get hit by a car. Whoa! <laughs> All right, for on the bench has been Brendan Sinone, uh, Chris Nee. Uh, I don't know how to end that. Sticking to landing. Wow. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.